Hello and welcome back. Episode, I don't even know at this point, of Sportsaholics. I'm Jack Cooper with Cole Dillo. And Cole, there's been a lot going on recently. Um, That might be an understatement. Yeah. Uh, Arizona basketball has lost Steve Naji and Nico Manning to the NBA drafts, but they also uh, gained Seattle transfer Terrell Brown, who I, I think he's going to be really good. Averages 20 points per game. Um, he doesn't take a lot of threes. What what are you kind of expecting? What are you kind of expecting from him? Yeah, what I read about him is that he finished. Um, I think he finished top 50 in the country and scoring this year, which is impressive. It doesn't matter what program you play at, no matter where you play. The hoop's the same size, so putting the ball in the hoop is always the main objective, and the Wildcats really struggled with that this year, so having another elite scorer is going to help this team, and it's always, you know, with Nico gone especially, it's nice to have another point guard in the mix with, because you don't know what you're going to get from Baker, and Brandon Williams' health is still up in the air. Yeah, Arizona, um, if everyone is supposed to play next year that we're expecting there, their backcourt could be pretty good with that. If James Akinjo is able to be eligible, I read some stuff that they he only played seven games last year, so they aren't sure he might have to come back in the second half of the year right before conference play. We mentioned Jamal Baker and then Brandon Williams if he's healthy. And, yeah, the team the team's not looking as bad as I guess we thought. We still expect Josh Green to go uh, to the NBA draft, but – what do you think about the what about losing Zeke Naughty? It's another name we expected to leave. Yeah, Zeke uh, was the best Wildcat this year by far. He w- he showed up every night, and his energy is going to be missed dramatically. But from everything we've read, Jordan Brown's supposed to be really good. Um, I think that he has the ability to. I, I don't want to say make Zeke's presence feel like it's just totally like, you know, just slot him in there and we're not missing anything because Zeke's going to be missed. But Jordan Brown has the ability to be the same type of player Zeke Naji was, and that's big for this team. So what does your starting five look like next year? Or have you even really thought about it? Oh, man. It's not yours here. I would be very happy. But um, it's probably going to be Akinjo, Williams if he's healthy. If not, probably Baker at the two. And then I'm going to say hopefully Zaire. But if not Zaire, it's probably going to be Terry. Um, and then Brown, and then I hope Coloco gets the nod. I I think that if he progresses, like, how much he did when he first came into the system, if he can do a little bit more of that and put on a little bit more body mass and some muscle, um, I think that he's just going to be a force down low. I think there's still going to be a few more transfers the Wildcats are looking at. I know the guy from Purdue that's 7-3. I can't pronounce his name. I can't even think about it right now. But I know that he is on the Wildcats' radar a little bit and, you know, Sean Miller loves his size down low, so he could be another option. But with how the roster currently is, I would say probably Coloco at the five. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with most of that. You mentioned some transfers, and it still wouldn't surprise me. Uh, Arizona still has four scholarships available, and so they're going to add definitely a couple more. Uh, I would say one or two more transfers, and they're probably going to get one or two more recruits. He said his buyer comes. Um, but, I, yeah, I don't think that Kendra's going to start right away, so it'll probably be if Brandon Williams is healthy, him and Jamal. Um, actually, no, um, uh, Carol Brown and probably Brandon Williams. And then if Zaire comes, yeah, probably Terry for now and then 
um, yeah, Coloco and Jordan Brown, the four and five. Um, but yeah, next year's next year's teams, I don't think it's going to be. I think it, they have the potential to be better than this year's team was. This year's team was very underwhelming with the amount of talent they had. But to be fair, we also never saw them play in March Madness. We don't know how far they would have gone. And I know you, uh, big Nico fan that you are, um, always would say Nico shows up at the uh, the, the big moments and. It'd just be disappointing not to see him just and the whole team really play. When we were in Vegas, man, that was just that was the best we saw Josh Green look in a while, if not ever. And it just the team just had the ability to hit their stride at the right time. And you know, it's obviously there's a lot of stuff going on in the world, so it's not just cry about no March Madness. But it's a shame that we didn't get to see these guys because the talent was there. They didn't perform in the regular season how anyone would have thought. You know, they didn't get the Pac-12 championship regular season or the Pac-12 tournament championship, which is a goal that, you know, Arizona, as our standards are, um, that's the objective every year. And that's anything lower than that, it feels like a bad year almost. So, yeah, the Wildcats definitely didn't live up to expectations this year. But um, next year's team, it's more promising than what both of us would have thought. And it still has the ability to get even better, obviously, if they can get Zaire, um yeah, the right back in the mix. It's really hard to have – they're going to have five brand-new starters next year, which is going to be really difficult. But so that, don't be surprised when they struggle out of the gates a little bit probably. But, yeah, the team definitely has some uh, momentum and some excitement behind it now. Yeah, no, I definitely expect that they'll the, – the non-conference, not that they really play anyone too tough in the non-conference schedule. They have to go to Illinois. Um, but the non-conference will be a little, a little interesting. And then the Pac-12 again is supposed to be pretty good. Arizona State did lose Remy Martin, which every Arizona fan can be uh, thankful for. But yeah, Pac-12 next year again, probably everyone will beat up on each other like they do every year. And then the tournament should be fun. Um, but coming back a little bit to this year with the whole coronavirus stuff going on and sports being canceled. It looks like uh, Major League Baseball is going to be the first sport to come back, whether that's in the fall or whether they're able to figure it out during summer. The latest report is they're going to try and play in May in Arizona using the spring training facilities and maybe other stadiums around, including Chase Field, uh, with no fans, uh, uh, robotic umpire, um, and just what – what do you think about? I mean, I know we talked about this quite a bit, but what do you what do you think about all that? Please, just please. Um, I think that that's, you know, I think that one of these teams as like one of these sports is just going to kind of have to be the guinea pig, as bad as that sounds, and just kind of see what can happen. I think baseball is one of those sports where it's less physical contact and stuff like that. So I think that it has the ability to um, be the guinea pig. Um, I think that from the report we read, they're talking about robo ops and stuff like that. A lot of other sports, I don't think that they could manage that. And you want to have the ability to have as little amount of contact and people around as possible. So I think that baseball obviously presents that. So I think that, and it's one of the only sports where, like you said, like it in Arizona, there's already all these teams that have facilities and some of these players already have homes and stuff there, I'm sure. So like, I think that it would be, 
the easiest transition back to a sport world. Obviously, it would suck because they're talking about having no family contact and stuff like that, which would be really hard for some of these players, obviously. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if it can get done. I mean, the Players Association has to agree upon it, which is tricky um, because what is their real incentive to get it done super fast, I guess. But Well, I saw earlier today that Nolan Arenado and a bunch of other players, that Arenado was really the one that kind of blew my mind when he said this. He said, as long as it's safe, like, I'm, I'm in. I want to do it, which is surprising because you're not going to have players be in dugouts because of social distancing. And so they're going to have the players actually be in the stands six feet apart, um, just kind of whether they're in the the so-called dugout, which are the stands, waiting for their turn to bat, or... um, Yeah, there's that That part's tough to me, because if you do that in Arizona, in spring training facilities, which don't have a lot of shade, and you're in Arizona in the middle of May and possibly June, it's going to be 110 degrees outside on metal bleachers. I I just... That's the part to me that's really... I, I don't see that part happening. Yeah, and I think that if they do that, there's going to have to be some, you know, give and take. I think that the players aren't going to settle for that. Like, I'm not saying, like, an easy up is the solution, but, like, there's going to be stuff that accommodates the players that, so, like, it's not going to be as bad. I still, I mean, it's still Arizona. We go to school there. Like, yeah, it's hot. <laughs> like, it's there's no getting around that. But I think that they're going to try to find ways to make it a little bit more easy transition and, yeah, like you said, Nolan Arenado, that's one of the biggest names in baseball. If baseball wants to get back on track and it wants to have a chance, they need players like this coming out and saying, like, oh, yeah, we're here for it, because then other players are going to rally behind it, too. I, um, Ross Stripling, he's, he was a Dodger for a while. I don't know if he still is. I think he, I think he is, because he was supposed to go to the Angels, and then he didn't get actually traded. But Ross Stripling came out and said he, he isn't for this at all. Like, somebody needs to take care for his grandma and – he's the only one that's financially and like physically well enough to do that. So like his grandma would basically be on her own without it and stuff like that. So, like there's just all these situations, I guess, like, and that's just one player. I'm sure there's hundreds of other baseball players that have trouble during this time too, but it's going to be interesting to see how they're going to make this work, but I sure hope it gets done. Yeah. It's so reading some of the more stuff about, um, baseball possibly being the first sport back they they're looking at doing seven inning double headers um so they can try and get a full 162 game season in that's going to completely change baseball and how teams go about their games for the first probably two months if this actually happens seven inning games yeah um the cardinals pitching coach mike maddox came out and said that it's going to be really hard too because they're going to have to train pitchers differently as well because like the whole double header and all this kind of stuff, like you're not going to be able, your arm's not going to get the same amount of rest. And like preparation wise too, like it sucks. Like these guys were amped up. Like they were about to get going in the major league system, like season, like it, their arms were ready. And now they kind of like shut down. A lot of these guys are like not training the same. Like, I don't know if you saw the Marcus Stroman video. He's literally training on like a Harbor basically. Like he had like his whole setup is amazing, but like, some of these players just don't have the same ability to train as the ones that are more financially well off, I guess, do. And next year, like how many injuries is this going to lead to? Like Tommy John is such a common thing now. Like 
are we going to see more of that next year? Like there's so many variables because this is something that we've never had to experience. Yeah, I would think that there's a lot more games, especially if the doubleheaders got to a, to a day, then there are going to be a, an a incredible amount more of injuries. And then they also talked about um, expanding like roster size uh, because, I mean, there's just a lot of reasons why they have to do that. It's hot outside. Players are going to need a break. You're playing two games a day almost every single day. Um, and so it's it's just, I don't know, it's a, it's a tough spot. We I say we do need sports back, but, I mean, there's also so many different variables and complications to just having it back. I mean, look at um, sports over in Asia. They brought them back for a little bit, and then they started seeing a rise of um, – um, cases of coronavirus again. So it's it's just it's a really tough spot. If baseball does come back and then a lot of players start getting sick, it's going to look like a really bad look for the league and for MLB baseball. And so yeah, yeah baseball comes does. back. If baseball comes back and anyone has it, they're going to shut down. They're going to have to. See, that's Thank what you. I thought too. But so, did you read the report that Jeff Passan, Passan, whatever his name is, that he wrote? No, I didn't. He said a positive. He said a positive report doesn't, or a positive case in baseball wouldn't necessarily mean they shut down or stop playing. I'm trying to pull it up right now so I can get it word for word. That's crazy. I don't know how they could do that. Um. While the possibility possibility of a player or staff member testing positive for the coronavirus exists, even in a secure setting, officials do not believe that a positive test alone would necessarily necessarily be caused to quarantine an entire team or shut down the season, sources said. Like how because if one player gets it, your whole team is gonna have to be quarantined because you don't know. I mean the symptoms are so asymptomatic and you're not going to know if you're not necessarily going to know if you have it and you could be spreading it to other people and so I don't I don't really understand that part of like let's say one of the biggest names in baseball gets it then other players are going to get be scared especially if they played a game that day and it's are they going to there's just so many questions like are you going to test players every single day like there's already a shortage of tests as is yeah there's I don't think that I we talked about it. I called you instantly when I saw the report last night. I don't know how they're going to start up in May. No, no I, I just don't I, think that there's enough. That yeah, I just don't so, think there's enough information that they know about right now that they could actually start up in May. I just don't want to imagine a summer without baseball. <laughs> We've gone long enough without baseball. It's been long enough without any sports. I can only go through YouTube and watch my favorite team's sports highlights so many times. <laughs> how many do you think you're on right now? How many cycle? How many times have I gone through? Oh, at least, at least double digits. <laughs> do you think uh, basketball and hockey are gonna 
come back at all this season, even if it means coming back in the fall or winter, or do you think you're just going to cancel the season and start it up again next year? The thing about basketball is if you want to be a little ruthless and think about it from the financial standpoint, this is the first time in a long time the Lakers are good, like really, really good. And, like, if you want to put it on a dollar amount, do you know how much money the Lakers will make the NBA in the playoffs? Like, if you – like, them alone. Like, I understand there's so many markets and there's all these teams and, like, all these teams generate money. But, like, the Lakers are on – the Lakers and the Knicks are, like, on another tier, mostly because of, like, their market. But, like, even the Clippers, too, this year. Like, two of the L.A. teams are the favorites to go to the finals. Like – if you're looking at the West, one of those teams is, I would honestly put it at 98% chance, barring any injury, that one of those teams is in the finals. And I just think that it's really, really, really hard for the NBA to lift themselves in the face and be like, wow, we're going to cancel this. Like, I could see them just saying, you know, let's just start the postseason right now. I think they could do something like that. I think that they could just, totally just be okay with that and I don't think that that's the worst idea either I think that that could be really smart for them I I find it hard to believe there's just so much contact in the NBA and like the NBA had a lot of people test positive for it already so I don't know I I hope that they play but it would not surprise me if the season's canceled so let's say they do play they come back in August just hypothetically um, they come back in August, they play out the rest of the season, they play out the playoffs. So they can end in, what, November? How do you, when do you start the next season of basketball, then? Yeah, that's the tough one. From what I read, they were talking about starting the season on Christmas Day. The NBA has such a weird off season, anyways. And I feel like they're the one true sport where, like, there isn't necessarily like a full off season. Like they, I feel like every day on social media, I see fives being ran in an open gym. So like, I don't know necessarily. And with all this load management stuff that we witness in the NBA now, anyways, I don't think that it's necessarily as like important that they would take a longer off season or change it anyways. I think that they would try to start it, you know, around Christmas. Yeah, that's. I mean, you mentioned it doesn't really need basketball doesn't really need a long off season. You do see all these players playing really constantly all the time. But then I would, I know you don't know much about hockey, but hockey is far more physically, I don't know, enduring. Intense. I would say, yeah, enduring. No, absolutely, yeah. I and it has this has the same season as basketball does. So it's, I just don't know how hockey would do the same thing because their season starts pretty much the same time and ends at the same time. And you're not going to be able to have like, let's just say a month off of hockey because players during playoffs at the end of the season, they play through, I mean, torn ACLs, broken bones, whatever. And then they use the off season to get better. And so I just, I mean, we can relate it back to basketball. Also more people know about basketball. Like if you have an injury that you're going to, try and play through for a playoff, maybe you're, if it's really serious, maybe you're just going to get it taken care of right away instead of trying to play through it and really injure yourself for a long time. Yeah. And 
that's the, that's what's so hard right now is we just don't know. Like, and one of those teams, like we saw it when the coronavirus first broke, like the NBA was like the first one that like, you know, basically canceled their season or postponed it. And everyone else kind of just followed in that, you know, who knows what was going on behind closed doors, but like everyone else kind of just followed them. So like, it'll be interesting. One of these teams, one of these, you know, big sports, Money makers is just gonna have to pick one side or another, and you know sometimes it's hard to ignore the dollar signs. Yeah, and I mean, I don't want to be insensitive to anyone that about the coronavirus, but I just need like the numbers behind it of how many people get it and how many people survive and how many people have died. It doesn't. It's going to sound bad, but I don't mean it to sound bad. Like, it doesn't seem bad enough to warrant this much closing down everything. Like, no, I agree. The The aftermath of all this might actually be worse than what we're currently dealing with. Oh, it will be. Like, I, I don't know anything about the stock market. I barely know anything about the economy. But I was talking to my dad about it. He knows everything. And he's like, the we're never going to fully recover from this. And it's just not worth it. Like, yes, people are going to die. People die from other viruses and illnesses all the time, every day. The flu has killed way more people than um, the coronavirus has. And we don't close or shut down anything. It's just, it doesn't seem responsible um, to do this and set us up for something this bad that's going to, the aftermath of all of this. Yeah, we're in for some uh, scary times ahead for sure. I sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I don't even know what's gonna happen. It's it's terrifying. So, go back to sports because I mean I know we we know more about that. What do you think is gonna happen with college football in the NFL? I think we're gonna see riots if they close. I think <laughs> that. Um, for whatever reason in America, I will never understand it fully, ever. Um, football is just a different sport. It just means more to the public than other sports do. Like baseball, people are upset about – people are upset that March Madness is canceled. People are upset about the NBA, but it's just not the same. It just isn't. And I think that they're going to try to do everything in their power to make football – available to play. I really do hope that it's done, but everything I read said that they're not going to be able to, they might push it back a little bit because um, they just don't know. They're not going to be able to like practice the same, I guess. And that's going to be a really hard thing to overcome. They're going to have to try managing that better. And they don't know when they're going to be able to start because of that, because People aren't just going to want to start the season to start the season if they're not – if they don't think they're prepared enough. Well, if you look at college football, like this is the time for spring practices, and this is really when you see your team for the first time. And, I mean, none of that's happening. And so you you have to have the time to get used to your team and see what they can do and put players places. And then especially if you rush back right away, that's – you're going to cause so many injuries because players aren't properly conditioned or ready. It's just – yeah, I think you're you're gonna have to push it back, however far that is. I don't know, but you're gonna have to push it back at least a little bit. 
Yeah, and like I said, that's just going to start a whole new mess because that's just something that not and nobody's prepared for. Nobody's prepared who, for a world without football. And who knows, maybe in the winter, if there's still no vaccine, we can see numbers of people getting the virus and dying just like we are right now because viruses thrive in cooler weather and it usually takes what a year maybe more than a year to get a virus or to get a vaccine and if those things all come together then there's there's no chance that any of this could be happening yeah this just makes me depressed i'm just getting more and more depressed talking about this is there anything else you want to kind of talk about for us so just for the sake of this, then let's let's just keep let's go back to Juve basketball because you know we were talking about it. we were we're being nice. That's the thing we like talking about the most, and we're deprived of March Madness because yesterday we would have been in Atlanta and everything would have been happy and joyful. Um, what does this do to coaches that might? I don't want to necessarily say Sean's in the hot seat, but like you know he didn't go to March. He, nobody got to March Madness this year. Does this add more length? to his tenure than maybe we want to see or other people want to see? It, it, he basically has another chance, I guess you could say, next year. I'm not saying that, like, if they went to the NCAA tournament and lost in the first round, he would have been fired. I'm not saying that at all, but I'm saying it's kind of just like a everything got pushed back. So let's say he goes to the NCAA tournament next year and loses in the first round. I still don't think he's going to get fired. Um, but, like, this year, if he went to the tournament, lost in the first round, and then next year went to the tournament, lost in the first round, or didn't make the tournament, or something happened, then I could see his seat getting very, very hot. But, like, if he just goes next year and doesn't make the tournament or loses in the first round, then I think he has another year to try and figure it out until his seat, until we could possibly see him leaving. And so I think everything just kind of got pushed back. Um yeah, I don't – it also depends what the NCAA um, investigation brings back because those results should be coming back, I would think, somewhat soon. They have a little bit more time. Soon. And yeah. did you did you watch the scheme? Yeah, of course. All right, so what was your – what's your takeaway from that? So, oh, well, first of all, everything in there is stuff that we already knew, the NCAA already knew. Um, the thing I couldn't get over is just that the recording of Sean did not sound like Sean. Like, I'm not saying they made it up or made a fake recording or Christian and his team made a fake recording or anything, but it's just, I've been going to Sean Miller press conferences for four years. That did not, I understand phone calls make people's voices sound different. That did not sound anything like him. The way he spoke in the phone call doesn't surprise me at all. It's just his voice, I, I just did not sound like him. Yeah, it was definitely – a lot of it took me from surprise a little bit. It wasn't – I knew the names that were going to get thrown around. You know, Aiden and Alkins obviously were the ones that were talked about the most in it from Arizona's standpoint. But it definitely was uh, interesting hearing him cuss, I guess, too. If it if it was him, just seeing yeah. that much 
it was definitely a different side of him. Um, I think that it was it was definitely interesting. I definitely understood. I didn't know a lot of that stuff, like going in, like background stuff about recruiting and stuff like that. I guess. So it was, it was definitely interesting. Like Kansas, for example, has been caught. Like they. And, like, really nothing happened to them. Like, there are text oh. messages of Bill Self paying players. And yeah, no, we not, can say that a lot. Everyone cheats. Everyone in college cheats. I don't care what anyone tells me. This is my personal belief. I think that the NCAA is a corrupt system. I think that it's so poorly ran. It's unbelievable. I think that – and personally, too, I don't think there's anything wrong with playing players that family might need it a little bit more. Like, I don't think that every player gets paid, but I think that – players that, you know, might need a little bit of an incentive to make a, probably the toughest decision of their entire life that could financially help, you know, their family when they need it. I don't think it's necessarily the worst thing in the world, but I think that a lot of these programs, all these major programs do recruit and, you know, bribe. I don't think that, you know, dynasties are built just off that. I don't think that, you know, some kids want to go, to Alabama just to go to Alabama. Like, I just don't. Well, did you see the first quote of the whole show? I don't remember the name of the coach. Um, but they was put it an LSU coach? No, it was a, it was a, it's a retired coach. Um, and I don't remember his name. But they put it up on the screen, and it said, nine out of ten programs are cheating or paying players. Oh, yeah, and the last one is oh, in the last, last place. Yeah, it's like, come on. And that, he coached, I can't think of his name, but he coached, I mean, like, years ago. And so it's it's definitely been happening for as long as we can really picture college basketball in the way that it is now. Um, the NCAA tournament and big players going to big schools, but it's just, it's been going on for so long. And, I mean, I just don't understand why attack us. And, well, I guess I can't understand why attack us and attack LSU more than attacking Duke or Kansas. Duke and Kansas are going to bring you in a lot more money. Um, but there's some actual proof against the, uh, against Bill Self, and just frustrating nothing happened. Yeah, I'm surprised nothing did happen more to like to anyone still. Like I am. I'm shocked that there hasn't at least been a suspension or something. Like, I understand he didn't necessarily pull on say anything, either one, but uh, the LSU's coaches' tapes were a lot worse, in my opinion, as well. Oh, yeah. Um, it's just, it's just going to be really interesting to see what the NCAA actually says and comes up with. Because um, if it's just we're going to take away the 2019-2020, like we're going to vacate that season, then Arizona fans are going to be like, I'm nothing really happened. So like, okay. Um, if there's like a scholarship reduction by like one or two, then Arizona fans again are going to be like, oh, that doesn't really, that's fine. But if there's like, Miller gets suspended for a season or Arizona can't go to the NCAA tournament for the next two or three years, there's it's just not going to be good. Yeah. And there's still a possibility of that. When do you think they're going to wrap it up? Have you read anything about that? No, I haven't seen anything, but I would think, People I've talked to, just a while ago, seemed to think it was going to come after this year, so probably over the summer or maybe next fall, which I, I just 
seems like a while. Because they've been investigating this for, what, like a year now? Probably longer, but yeah. Yeah, you still don't have a conclusion or have said anything. Yeah. I understand being thorough, but, like, come on. Yeah, it needs to end sooner rather than later, just so all these programs can put it behind them. Because it's definitely a cloud over Miller currently. Well, what, what what do you think it would take for him to get fired? So, say the NCAA comes out and is like, yeah, you're paying players, you're suspended for a year. Do they Arizona fire him? I just think Arizona, if we're just talking about Sean and Sean Miller in Arizona, I think that there's a chance of it just because we saw it with the Astros a little bit. Like, it's, you know, it's just such a bad look that they might, they have to at least consider it. I think that, you know, everyone in Arizona has been so supportive of Sean Miller over this duration, like, trying to make sure that, you know, Kiki and everyone else has been very on his back, that if he lied to them and, like, all this gets out and he really did pay players, I could see them just basically giving a middle finger and just being like, yeah, like, you know, you weren't truthful to us, so why should we have your back anymore? And I think that depending on how long they suspend him and depending on what it does to Arizona, like, if they can't go to NCAA for a couple of years, like, it's not like it's just a couple of years. Like, it's going to hurt them a couple of years after that, too. Yeah, because you're going to have to get a new coach. You're going to have to start from the ground up, start recruiting again. And, yeah, it's going to be interesting because, I mean, you can't go to the NCAA tournament. You're, you're not getting any five stars or really you're not getting a lot of four-star players either because their goal is to play for a year, get to the NCAA tournament, maybe win a championship and go to the NBA. Yeah, and, like, even look at what happened to USC, like, football-wise. Like, they got hit hard by the NCAA, maybe one of the hardest things we've seen in our lifetimes, suspension-wise and everything else. And USC, like, has never truly fully been back from it. They still get the recruits and everything, but it's still not the same. And, you know, all of a sudden your Reggie Bush highlight every time it comes up, and you'll say it's not true. And... That it's just stuff that's never going to be able to overcome, and that's what has the chance with Miller, you know? Why do you think USC has never really recovered? You said they still get the recruits and everything, and, yeah, you can go start blaming um, Clay Helton, but, I mean, you've got other coaches too. Yeah, ones that have an alcohol problem. Um, they've just never – I think – I think athletic director is something that gets overlooked a lot. And I think that they just haven't made the correct hires. Like, I think they would have got Chris Peterson when he left Boise State and went to Washington. He's, he vocally came out and said, like, oh, I wanted to be at USC. Like, if they would have made that hire instead, instead of some of these other ones, like, who knows where the program would be. Or if they would have, you know, maybe kept Coach O, kept Ed Order on, like, you just won a championship. Like, they've just made a lot of questionable decisions, and they kept trying to relive the Pete Carroll era without Pete Carroll. Like, Steve Sarkeesian and um, Lane Kiffin both were assistants under Pete, and they just kept 
trying to live the glory days instead of just acknowledging like, Hey, maybe it's time to branch off. Like it's just not the same without Pete and it's hurt them. And I, it's not necessarily Clay Helton's fault. I don't think Clay Helton's a terrible coach. I just think that he isn't a good enough coach for what USC is. USC is a top program in the nation for college football and for them to be as bad as they have been, it's just unacceptable. She's saying Clay Helton's more of an Arizona level head coach. Yes. Well, you know what I mean when I say that, though. Like, he, no, I just no, don't yeah, think I that he's – I think that there's coaches that are a good coach, but I just don't think should be considered for that high of a job. And I just don't so, think Clay uh, Helton – I think if Clay Helton didn't have Sam Darnold, I think that he would have already been fired. I think Sam Darnold winning that Rose Bowl and watching that and being a USC fan majority of my life, Sam Darnold was – phenomenal in that Rose Bowl he was he did whatever he the heck he wanted that game and just like Saquon did for Penn State but it was you know quarterbacks win games and that helped Clay Elton because he could say I won a Rose Bowl yeah okay so we got college football a little bit uh how many wins is Arizona getting next year can I say negative? I dude, I two. They're going to they're going to be so bad. And the problem is, how much longer does Arizona have to play Rich Rod? How much longer? Is, oh, that's a question. I don't know. So hypothetically, because I love living in these hypothetical worlds of mine, you know, as you know. Um. Say Arizona wants to fire someone and wants to fire Miller. How much money in debt is the university going to be from those three coaches? Because I'm sure they still pay – I'm sure they still have to pay Rich Rod for a couple more years because his buyout was insane, Miller's buyout's insane, and someone's buyout's insane. Yeah, that's why I don't think someone is really on the hot seat. I don't want to say at all, but, but let's say he wins three games this year. Then his seat gets hotter. He's not going to get fired right away, obviously. I think he still has another two to three years left. I Maybe think if just, someone doesn't – I think if he doesn't win with Grant, he's gone. I think he has until Grant's done. Yeah. So if Grant yeah, is his guy, he needs – He's to make that decision fast because if Grant bounces after next year, like two years, and Arizona doesn't say that we don't go to bowl game either year, he's gone. He just says, and he should be. Because right, this so year's like, still going to be a struggle, and next year he's going to have all his recruits and stuff, and if he can't get it together, then it's it's bad. Well, so, okay. Okay. I pulled up the schedule for this year. Let's just say everything goes on time and they play the season. They play Hawaii at home. That should be a win. Should be a win. Okay. Uh, One and know, baby, let's go. Uh, then you have Portland State at home. That should be another win. Two and oh. God, we're feeling then, good. Grant's going to be your Heisman talk. Then you have Stanford at home. And Stanford... Oh. Is no. not supposed to, they're, they're not supposed to be that good. 
We're terrible. I saw projected win totals for every Pac-12 team, and I had Arizona at four and a half. And I had Stanford at five and a half or six and a half. So they're really not supposed to There's be that There's that half, better. baby. Either way, that's where the swing game is. And they play at Texas Tech. Okay. Well, okay, let's hey, play. Let's let's no. let's, I'll, I'll give you three and one. Okay, well, my argument was just going to be like, if the college football season starts, there's a possibility of watching it with fans. I so don't then, think that matters for us. I don't think that matters for us either. But, like, you know, then I go to UCLA. That's just an L because Arizona can never play against LA teams. And UCLA actually won't be bad next year. Like, Chip's, Chip kind of started figuring it out towards the end of last year, and their quarterback's supposed to be pretty good. I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but he's supposed to be very good. And, you know, I I think Chip Kelly is a quality coach. I don't think that he necessarily gets, you know, the rep anymore, but I still think that he's – I would still want him. Yeah, that's, I would probably trade him for someone right now. Um, then Colorado at home should be a win. Okay, there's – we are four in two, baby. And you got USC at home. That's no. And Arizona Dude, USC's quarterback is good. And Arizona has not beat USC since 2011, and that will not change. Then they go to Washington. Then they play Oregon at home. Then they go to Utah. So do you see another one? I don't. The only one probably could potentially be Arizona State at home just because it's a rivalry game. If Arizona and Arizona uh, State just, weren't rivals, if Arizona and Arizona State weren't rivals, I would say ASU by probably forty. They're supposed to be pretty good next year. But since they're good. rivals and it's game two solid. So if you had to take hot hot take right now, would you take ASU's two coaches over U of A's two coaches? I say yes, and I don't really hesitate. Um, you t- take Bobby I, over Sean because you for yeah. sure don't take Sublin. I don't yeah, think no, Bobby. This just comes down to basketball, and I. I, I think I, Bobby's nice. Like I think Bobby does a pretty think, good job at ASU. I think he is too. It's just. Getting rid of Sean would remove all of the paying player stuff. And so I probably would. Yeah. That's... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How crazy of a world do we live in now? I mean, I absolutely would take Herm Edwards over Kevin Sumlin. Herm has done a phenomenal job. That program has turned around. They're, I think that I read that they're favored to win the South next year. I think it's them in Utah, yeah. Yeah, with USC close, but yeah. I mean, they should be. Yeah. Jaden Daniels is good. Yeah, their quarterback was good last year as a freshman. Yeah. Would you take him over Grant? 
just to consider, just to keep this going. I don't know. I like. I think Grant's gonna be pretty good. I just don't know if he's gonna have the right weapons around him to be yeah. as good as Dan- he can be. Daniels is just so mobile, and that's a nice quality, as we saw with Tate, but also has the ability to get him hurt. Yeah, that's. I mean, you know what's gonna come with Grant. He's a what six six quarterback who's gonna throw it at. He was a little bit more mobile than what we thought, though. He had one rushing touchdown, and that was from like yeah. four yards. But that was more than what I was expecting. He definitely had the ability to move around and yeah, to pick up a little bit. Yard scramble. Yeah, I'd probably still take Graham. I'd probably Daniel take Graham too. I was. Daniel Ross got a lot more playing time last year, so he's a lot more. He knows what to expect. That's just nice in the big games, too, though, because, like, them beating Oregon last year even, like, that's just going to do so much for him this year. Yeah. In my head. What? In my head, that just does so much for him without, like, you really even knowing. He's not going to be scared of the big games or the big moments anymore where, like, I could see Grant, like, still being a little scared. Yeah, football next year should be interesting. It should be another fun year for Arizona sports. Women's basketball, baby. Yeah, God, we're a women's basketball school now. Hey, Ari coming back for a Final Four threat. Like, that's actually serious, though. Like, we actually are. No, I know. If you would have told me, beginning of my four years, that the women's basketball team would be... I, I would go as far and say a lot better than the men's basketball team. I would call you crazy. How are you going to say a lot? I would say a lot. During our tenure, like these four years? No, at the end. Oh, yeah? I mean, I mean, through our, our first year, they were absolutely terrible. They won like four games. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I'm just so who, who makes a deeper NCAA tournament next year? I mean, you have to say the women's because they're going to play at McHale. Yeah, that's true. You would like. I just don't think that's a fair comparison. Like, I they think would, that the. Sorry, God. I, I like the women's team this year had the ability to go to the Final Four just because they would have played every game of McHale. Like not every game, but like they would have played a lot of games at McHale to start. You only play the first two games at the arena at your home arena. Yeah, yeah but that's automatically two victories. Like yeah, but like then you go to the Sweet Sixteen. You then you go to the Sweet Sixteen, and it's I don't even know if you. You go to the number one seeded school or the highest seeded school, or do you go to like a neutral site? Do you have any idea? No, I I don't follow enough to be able to say that. I just but going to the Sweet Sixteen, like, can you imagine if in a hypothetical world, because that's my favorite place, because it doesn't ever do me wrong. Could you imagine if we got a pass with Aiden to the Sweet Sixteen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just. It it just it means more than what it should. It just does. Like having the ability to, to play. 
What were you saying? I was saying you have to do it that way because if you have neutral site games in women's basketball, there's going to be seven fans in the arena. And I don't disagree with that. But, like, I, that's why I – just going back to your other points, that's just why I don't think it's fair to compare that because, like, I would be shocked if the men's team made it to the Sweet 16 next year right now. Like, I, I don't see that necessarily happening. Okay, with the current roster. Before the NCAA tournament, which team is ranked higher? It's Arizona has a year. I'll say yeah. We'll start off with yeah. I think I think that the women's team will start off higher, but I could see them not having that same maybe swagger to them as much and maybe losing another game here or there where, like, they could drop to, like, I'm not going to say, like, dramatically, but, like, 15 or whatever. They're going to be, like, a top-10 team to start the year. I could really see them staying a top-10 team throughout the year. God, the Arizona guy that's always negative Nancy is positive? <laughs> Are you? Do you have the coronavirus? Are you feeling okay? No, I'm bored. Oh, my God, you're... Who are you? I don't know you anymore. All right. Thank you for tuning in to Sportaholics episodes. Again, whatever. I'm not really sure. Um, this is something that we're going to try and do more often, um, as often as we can with no sports really going on. Um, yeah, whenever there's kind of breaking news, I guess, like baseball yesterday, Nico Mania leaving today, it kind of worked out well we were able to do this. Um, so there, there won't be really a, a set time, and we also won't be recording live anymore. Um, but, yeah, our podcasts are available on everything, I believe. Um, Apple Music, Spotify are really the, the big uh, – or Apple Podcasts and Spotify are really the big two. Um, thanks for uh, listening in.